What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Big Ten Buzz podcast here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Adam Sager. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam G. Sager on Instagram at the same. Uh, TikTok, I try and put some uh, clips of this show, the Sean Salisbury Show, which I'm also a part of here on the Believe Network. Uh, each time we come out with a new episode, I try and put clips up of the show, and we're going to start trying to put it more on YouTube if you want to watch the whole show. Uh, if you're more of a visual person like I am where I'm better off, uh, which is weird because I worked in radio, but I'm better off seeing and, and and listening. That's how I hear things better, trying to say. So, yes, at uh, Adam G. Sager on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow Believe, it's at Believe Network, at Believe Sports. Uh, you got both of them. And then follow all the various shows, a lot of good content, including um, on the next episode, not today, but uh, later this week, we will have uh, – um, Tony Liebert of goforhold.com uh, also does the Believe in Minnesota football podcast here on the Believe Network uh, to talk about the Minnesota Golden Gophers and and their great start to the season and what to expect from this team moving forward. I know we talked about uh, the loss of Chris Ottman Bell. Showed no ill effects of, of that loss in their first game without him against Michigan State as they stomped Michigan State and a team that is looking worse and worse as we go. Um, It's just things aren't looking good in East Lansing, but we'll get to that in just a second. Let's start with the big game, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. I told you guys last week I did, did not think this was going to be a close game. I thought that Ohio State's just the superior team, plain and simple. And that showed uh, Jess Jackson, Jackson Smith, Najigba did not play still nursing that injury, taking their time with them. There's no rush for him to get back because they have so many weapons. Uh, Marvin Harrison jr. Did get a little banged up, did not play as much in the game as he would obviously have wanted. Uh, but Igbuka stepped up had a, a, a nice game with six catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns in the tight end. Cade Stover. Uh, just a solid, big, you know, he can block. He can do a little bit of everything. Caught two touchdowns on the day as uh, C.J. Stroud threw for five. Um, and what was, it was 21 nothing in the blink of an eye. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I just think that in reality, this Ohio State offense is so good. Travion Henderson, Myron Williams combined for 32 carries for 222 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, it was just a complete beatdown. Um, Wisconsin scored two touchdowns late to get to 21. Uh, so don't even take the fact that it's not like Ohio State gave up 21 in the first half and shut them down. No, they shut them down the entire game until some other guys started playing. It was, it was bad uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers and, Paul, Chris, this is maybe just, you know, I've talked about some other teams where they just kind of need that reset year. This might be that reset year, and it sucks because you have Braylon Allen, who is a monster at just 18 years old. He had 23 carries, 165 yards, and a touchdown against a good Ohio State defense. You know, he did his part. Graham Mertz is not a good quarterback. I've been trying to say this. He's just a typical Wisconsin quarterback. And, you know, it's it's kind of like Michigan, where Michigan just, you know, 
Rudock and and Wilton Spate and you know all these guys that just didn't have that it factor, any kind of it factor, any kind. Well, that's Graham Mertz. You know they expect we're just gonna you know rush it. They they rush the ball thirty five times for one hundred ninety two yards and Mertz threw twenty times. Like that's their goal. Well, this is a new age of football. You have to change your perception when it comes to offense. You have to open it up a little bit. And Wisconsin still has not done that. And I think it's going to take a coaching change. And I don't know if that's, you know, Jim Leonard taking over the team, the defensive coordinator, who's who's a great coordinator. Uh, just went up against a very, very, very good Ohio State team. And a year where they're just not quite the same Wisconsin that we're used to being at the top of the Big Ten West. So I think <clears throat> that this was just a case of Ohio State just being way too good, plain and simple. The Ohio State offense was just way too good for Wisconsin, and Graham Mertz isn't a guy that can make big things happen. You don't expect big things from Graham Mertz when you walk out there. You're you're hoping Braylon Allen goes for 150-plus yards with a couple to three touchdowns in a game, and that's how you stay in the game. Well, he got the yards, only the one touchdown, but their defense couldn't slow down C.J. Stroud and company. Ohio State's just too good, and they they stay at number three in the rankings, which I think is right where they should be. And, you know, behind Georgia and Alabama and, and all those three teams, you could say are, are, are tier one with Michigan close. It was kind of a weird weekend in college football. Had a lot of close games uh, for for some high ranked teams. Oklahoma fell to Kansas State. That's something that if you're uh, Oklahoma and company, you can't have that kind of hiccup. You're trying to play for a national title, and I get Dylan Gabriel is not Caleb Williams, but he's a, still a solid starter. That's a veteran in college football. So that's a bad loss. We had some other USC just squeaked by up in Corvallis against Oregon State, 17-14 with a last-minute touchdown. So Ohio State took care of business at home in the horseshoe against Wisconsin, and it was not close. Uh, moving on, Michigan-Maryland. This was a game that, you know, I feel like it was 34-27 was the final. Maryland scored a, a late touchdown to to get the it close. It was, you know, 34-19 at one point. And this is a game where I feel like Michigan could have won by three to four touchdowns. We saw J.J. McCarthy struggle a little bit for the first time in terms of as a starter, getting out there and doing what we expect. He was missing the deep ball the deep ball that he's connected so flawlessly all season long up until now. And yes, they're playing better talent. Maryland is a good football team. They were flying around that offense with Tonga Vailoa uh, has some weapons and Rakim Jarrett and Demis and, and some others on that team, the big running back that Michigan could not stop. Uh, Michigan definitely has some things to work on, but when you're, quarterback you say struggled and now normally for Michigan when a quarterback struggles 
they're 12 of 24 for 115 yards and uh you know three picks or two picks jj mccarthy struggled right 18 of 26 for 220 yards two touchdowns no interceptions took care of the ball the underneath stuff was i i used the word earlier that he wasn't in the deep game he was flawless underneath used his legs just a tiny bit i think that's where the maturity of jj mccarthy will help him later on he's got to know when to use his legs and when not to uh when not to take bad sacks he took a couple of bad sacks i just think that his progression as a quarterback will tell how far michigan goes but we've seen the upside of jj mccarthy and he made big throws down the stretch to get them in a spot to score touchdowns late in the game. So Michigan fans need to relax. Listen, I'm a Michigan fan. Look, I've always been a Michigan fan. I'll always be a Michigan fan. Michigan fans need to relax. Yes, J.J. McCarthy missed some deep throws. You know what? He's a worker. He'll get out there, and next time he won't miss the throws. The star of the game was Blake Corum. 30 care. I told you what Ohio State's running backs did combined. Williams and Henderson, 30 carries for, uh, let me get this right, 32 carries for 222 yards and two touchdowns. That was Henderson and Williams combined. Blake Corum himself, 30 carries, 243 yards and two touchdowns. That's eight over eight yards a carry. And the reason he ran the ball so much is Donovan Edwards was um, he was out again. And and that could be worrisome because the depth behind Blake Corum is not great. Uh, C.J. Stokes, the freshman running back, came in, fumbled the ball. Can't have that. Uh, this is something where you need Donovan Edwards to be healthy this year for Blake Corum. Yes, Blake Corum can do this now, but you need Donovan Edwards to spell Blake Corum so he can do this against Ohio State. He can run the ball hard against, you know, in hopefully a Big Ten championship game against Michigan State. So that it's important for, for Michigan to get Donovan Edwards healthy. Uh, offensively, I told you, you know, Luke Schoonmaker, the big tight end, with Eric All also out and Trevor Keegan was out. So three vital roles, vital positions for Michigan were out with Donovan Edwards, Eric All, the tight end, and Trevor Keegan, the guard on one of the best offensive lines in football. And they still did that on the ground. So I, I think that Michigan's going to be fine. Let's relax. Remember last year and now – Quite frankly, I don't remember this because I had a health issue last year where I was basically incapacitated for the entire first eight eight games, I think it was, maybe seven games of the Michigan season, so I did not see last year, but I saw someone tweet this, and, and it's a good point. Last year, Michigan beat Rutgers 20-13 to 13 and then went on to win the Big Ten title and go to the college football playoff. So everybody needs to chill out. It's not like J.J. McCarthy threw a stinker out there. Yes, he missed some deep throws. Uh, but one thing I want to not gloss over, Maryland is good. Maryland's a good football team. They were 3-0 and coming in. They've got 
Tagovailoa at corner at quarterback. They've got Roman Hembry, Envy. They got Antoine Littleton. Those are the two backs that you know were just pounding the rock in there. And the Michigan defense was a little taken aback by it. Junior Colson had a rough game. He was not tackling like the Junior Colson we've seen. Jay Sean Jones uh, had a couple nice catches. Their depth is good, but Michigan's tackling, besides Junior Colson, was solid when it came to as soon as Maryland got the ball out, it was tackle, tackle, tackle. So I really think that Michigan's DBs played really well in the game, even though Maryland put up some numbers. I just think that Michigan's got some things to work on, and they know it. And I also think that we're going to see Matt Weiss. We're going to see Jesse Minter come up with some different variations against Iowa next week. All right, and then moving on to clearly the best team in the Big Ten West. That's the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I talked about previewing this game last week, and I – and. You know, I, I just thought that Michigan State was a better football team. I know they went out to Washington and lost. But you're traveling across the country. Michael Penix put on a clinic. I thought, okay, Mel Tucker's going to have his team ready to play at home in a game that, you know, was going to be a slugfest. That's what I thought coming in. Well, that wasn't the case. Minnesota did whatever they wanted against Sparty. Tanner Morgan was 23 of 26, 268 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Played a flawless game. He was awesome. He is also named Big Ten uh, co-player of the week with Blake Corum, who I just told you had 243 yards rushing and two touchdowns against Maryland. But Minnesota is very good. Led by Muhammad Ibrahim. 22 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Trey Potts had a nice game as a running back. 13 carries, 72 yards. Michael Brown Stevens was the guy that stepped up in Ottman Bell's uh, absence. As, as we talked about, he's out for the year and possibly done is a Minnesota Golden Gopher. I still want to see Minnesota against a team that is good at taking away the run because I don't know that Tanner Morgan can can beat you by himself. That's the question I have. I just think that, listen, Minnesota's clearly the best team in the Big Ten West. They barring something crazy happening or Iowa getting insanely hot. I think that Minnesota should be playing in Indianapolis come Big Ten title weekend. Now, do they stand a chance against an Ohio State or a Michigan or possibly a Penn State? I don't think so. I don't think so, especially the first two. Uh, But... This is a very good football team that could be, we could be talking 
being undefeated heading towards a Big Ten title game. This Minnesota team could be ranked top 10 as long as they don't stub their toe. Because listen to the schedule. Purdue, Aiden O'Connell's been good, but Purdue's been bad. Uh, at Illinois, Illinois has been solid. I like their direction. They're headed under Brett Bielema, but it's still Illinois. They lost to Indiana. Their big game is at Penn state. That's the game that will tell us a lot about this team in terms of where they stand in the country. <coughs> I think they're clearly, clearly tops in the big 10 West. I think they're clearly a second-tier team in the Big Ten, um, maybe by themselves. Probably, no, I would say they're not by themselves. I'd say them and Penn State are together on the second tier with Michigan and Ohio State on the first tier. And then they go Rutgers at Nebraska, home against Northwestern, versus Iowa, which will be a good game. That could determine the, the Big Ten West. That's the second to last. And then they play at Wisconsin. So they... They do have games. I'm not trying to say, but the way they've looked so far, they should be headed to Indy for the Big Ten title weekend. Um, I'm not writing Iowa or Wisconsin off, but I think those those are going to be the teams that can threaten Minnesota, but I'm not seeing it for Wisconsin. And Iowa still, that offense is just so bad. Just so bad. Um, Going back to Michigan State, I don't know what to think about Sparty right now. Mel Tucker gets this $95 million extension talking all this shit. Talking about, you know, come into the deep end. You know, all this stuff, the school's talking. And then you have this back-to-back weeks. That's not good for Michigan State. Because Michigan State, it's not like it's going to be easy on them. They've got Maryland next week. I just told you how good Maryland is. They got weapons. They got NFL talent on the outside. Then they play Ohio State. Then they play Wisconsin, which to me, they're very similar. Then they play at Michigan. Then they play Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana in a stretch where, yes, they should win those games, but if they're not playing well, who's to say where their mindset is and they don't lose a game at Illinois? And then they end at Penn State. I mean, right now they're two and two. They could easily be three and five after the Michigan game. They could easily be a six and six team this year. And that's not what you're spending $95 million on Mel Tucker for. Especially when you have your quarterback coming back in Peyton Thorne. You have the two running backs that you guys have all talked up. And then finally, you know, just to run through the scores real quick of, of the rest of the Big Ten, because I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, man, where did, where did my scores go here? Come on. Um, just getting back to them real fast. We had Illinois beat Chattanooga 31-0. Uh, the reason they're not in Big Ten plays because, remember, they played Indiana early. Um, so that's why they are still in their out-of-conference schedule. They're now 3-1. and one. Man, they should have beat Indiana. They could be 4-0. and oh. You know, I'm from Illinois. 
been to plenty of Illinois games, uh, family that are Illinois fans. I always like it when Illinois is doing something. It's been a long time since they've been doing anything, but Brett Bielema has them moving in the right direction. And that's awesome. I, you know, can they get to a bowl game? I hope so. I don't care if it's the, you know, the smallest bowl there is get to a bowl game this year, move your program in the right direction. That'd be awesome for Bielema and it'd be huge on the recruiting trail. So another win for Illinois. I mentioned Ohio State 52-21 over Wisconsin. I mentioned Michigan 34-27 over Maryland. Uh, Penn State beat Central Michigan 33-14. Again, they're not in Big Ten play yet because they played Purdue early in a close matchup in week one, that opening Thursday night. I mentioned Minnesota 34-7 over Michigan State. Cincinnati beat Indiana 45-24. I'm telling you, Indiana's 3-0. I don't know how they shouldn't be 3-0. Illinois should have beat them, first of all. And they've played close games with some bad teams. Um, Iowa, 27-10 over Rutgers. Uh, that was Rutgers' first loss. Uh, Purdue just barely beats Florida Atlantic. Uh, 28-26. I'm telling you guys, Purdue has been... Purdue and Michigan State right now. Hell, and Wisconsin, Iowa. The Big Ten has not had a great start. Like... I know Purdue did not have Aiden O'Connell, but this is FAU. I, I think that Purdue should be beating in a season where you. I kept hearing how good Purdue should be. Can't win by two, even with your quarterback out. It just can't happen. And then last but not least, or probably least, Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois last week. They lose to Miami of Ohio 17-14 at home. They're 0-3 at home. Their only win is Nebraska, who had to fire Scott Frost. I don't know what you do with Pat Fitzgerald. He's 1-9 in their last 10. This year they've lost to Duke, Southern Illinois, Miami of Ohio. They're 14-23 in their last uh three plus season and that's with a winning record so they've had bad seasons their only winning record was the year i think they went seven and two in the nine game season uh when covid took uh, all out of conference schedules out do you consider firing pat fitzgerald i I think you have to start considering it i I don't think things are going to get easier for northwestern I mean, next you play Penn State. That game shouldn't be close out there in Happy Valley. Then you play Wisconsin. And as much as I've talked about Wisconsin, you should lose. You're going to lose that game at Maryland. You should lose at Iowa. You should lose versus Ohio State at Minnesota. At Purdue. Who, if they have Aiden O'Connell, is a much better team. And then you play Illinois, who right now is a better football team. I don't know who who Northwestern's beating on the schedule the rest of the season. Maybe they get one. Maybe they surprise somebody. They could be two and ten. They could be one and eleven. How do you keep Pat Fitzgerald after a season like that? You know, after, especially after having a three and nine year, a three and nine year. 
it's just, I don't know. He's a legacy and that's the problem. Sometimes it's hard to get rid of legacies, especially a guy like Pat Fitzgerald, who's such a good coach, such a good guy. Does so much for the university. I said on the last podcast, is he good enough for you? Is it is it good enough that he has a winning season every few years and gets you to a bowl game and does great things for the school? If that's good enough for you, Northwestern, then keep him. Because you know in two years he'll probably be 9-3 and three and make it to a decent bowl game. But then you have to just you know, eat these years, which, you know, isn't going to get any easier with USC coming to the Big Ten and UCLA, but that's a whole different story as they continue to have 23,000 fans in the stadium when you could tell there's 1,500. Uh, so now they're going to, like, DoorDash and stuff like that, trying to coax people into buying uh, UCLA tickets. They're giving former season ticket holders um, deals. Like if, if $115 tickets are now 40 or $60 tickets are 15, like it's bad right now for UCLA. But I don't know what you do with Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. It's a tough situation. I mean, me personally, I know I'm firing them. It's run its course and it sucks. But you can't keep losing football games like this. You can't lose to Southern Illinois and Miami of Ohio back-to-back weeks. It just can't happen. But we'll see what Northwestern does as they continue to lose this year. I don't think they'll fire him in season. Um, I think that unless he wants out. But I think they have too much respect for him to do that in season. Uh, It's just a tough decision for the University of Northwestern. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Big Ten Buzz Podcast. Uh, Later this week, I will be joined by, let me get this right, Tony Liebert of gopherhole.com. Also has the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast right here on the Believe Network. Um, You can follow him on Twitter at Tony Liebert, L-I-E-B-E-R-T. He will join us. Uh, That, I believe, I'm recording with him on Wednesday, so I'm going to try and get that episode out Thursday morning. Um, and he'll tell us everything we need to know about this Minnesota Golden Gophers team that is a threat, is a threat to go to the Big Ten title for sure. They're the best team in the West. And unless I see something really change with this team or, you know, a big-time injury to Tanner Morgan or Ibrahim, it's this is the team to be in the Big Ten West right now with how they look. So that look forward to that later this week. All right, that'll do it. This is the Big Ten Buzz Podcast right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Adam Sager, and I will talk to you later this week. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.